What is up, Ditch the Job listeners? Mark Bird, the podcasting coach here, helping people to launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts. And we have a guest who has a new book called Quit Your Job and Follow Your Dreams. And it really relates to Ditch the Job because pretty much if you want to learn how to quit or ditch your job, you could really interchange those words. This is going to be a really great episode for you that dives into some of that stuff you have to be doing, some of the thinking uh, that goes into being able to successfully ditch your job instead of leaving it behind and then returning back. So our guest who joins us, she left a 17-year career in the legal field that was crushing her soul to follow her dreams of writing and teaching. After a serendipitous meeting with Billy Ray Cyrus in 1992, uh, who he, he actually encouraged her during that meeting to follow her dreams and never give up on those dreams, she took that leap of faith and is now living her dream, earning playchecks instead of paychecks. And after venturing out on her own for a bit, she discovered how to create six-figure income without having to sell her soul. In fact, she works fewer hours and makes more money than after those 17 years in the legal field. Her motto is to work less and make more. She's a dynamic, motivational speaker, writer, teacher, and entrepreneur who's written a ton of books and helps people turn their books into bestsellers. So our guest who joins us for this episode is none other than Michelle Culp. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. I'm excited to be here. And thanks for the wonderful introduction. I love it. Michelle, I'm so happy to have you on Ditch the Job. And I just feel like there are a lot of people who maybe they want to get out of their job, but they're not entirely sure how to do it or where exactly they go. So I'm wondering if you could share with us, like, how exactly did you figure out where you would be going once you ditched the job? Well, um, there, it was a period of floundering, like the unknown. And I think most people are afraid of the unknown. It's like, I want a clear blueprint and a path, and I want to know everything that's going to happen. And the problem with that is it, it doesn't leave any room for serendipity and for things to develop. You know what I mean? Like if you're following your curiosities and you go down one path, that might lead to another. So a, a saying I like to use is you don't have to, you can you don't have to see the whole staircase to take one step. Hmm. And so when people are stuck in a job like I was, the issue I had was I was living paycheck to paycheck and I was a single parent with three kids with no money in the bank. So I didn't have money. That, that's usually the biggest obstacles are money or time. And I, I think I had both of those obstacles. But as fate would have it, I did get fired from the job at the law mm -hmm. firm. I mean, I was given the pink slip. They said, the department you work in is no longer, uh, we're, we're restructuring it and your job doesn't exist. That was their way of getting rid of higher paid employees. I wasn't happy anyways at the time. So I was okay with it, but I really had no idea what I was going to do. And I like what you said in the beginning about okay, what, what if you leave your job? How do you stay like out of the job and not go back to it? There were so many times I almost went back to the legal field and it was mainly because of money. So when I left the legal field, I did want to become a writer and a speaker and all those things. But as you know, it doesn't, the money doesn't start flowing in um, automatically when you go down those roads. And so I became the queen of multiple streams of income. I mean, I would have like six streams of income coming in and I would do all kinds of things. 
Um, I did, I taught business writing at the local community college. Um, I, um, I had like, they had like an in-home, um, I sold party light. I sold Christmas around the world. I had a nonprofit organization that I actually had a position on that I got paid on. Um, I was teaching my own workshops. I, I don't know. I was just hustling. Is anything not to go back to the legal field? And I really didn't know what I was going to do. But um, as fate would have it, I found a outside sales job. I call it my freedom job. It wasn't like that's what I, I wanted to do for the rest of my life. But what it did is it gave me um, double the pay for half the hours. And so I began making six figures working 20 hours a week. And now I could devote the time to really figure things out. So that's when I started my online business in 2005. So I always tell people that are stuck in jobs, it's like, you, you want to be in a job that's not a bondage job, that, that at least you have energy and time at the end of the day to, to do your side hustle or to figure out what you want to do. But if you're in a job like that you have no time and it's sucking the life out of you, you need to get a, a, at least a job that pays the bills that doesn't suck the life out of you. Then you can sort of go in that direction and figure things out as you go along. So, sometimes it takes a while. I didn't know what it was all going to lead to, but you have to take a leap of faith. I mean, it's really a leap of faith and it's better to do it with money in the bank. You know, like if you could have a year's salary in the bank when you do it, you know, it, it won't be like you're desperate, you know, when, when you do it. So I would say that, you know, for people that are considering it, it's a transition. It's not something that happens overnight. And part of the journey is figuring out what you want to do, what your passion is. And um, I figured it out by a book um, written by Richard Bowles called How to Find Your Mission in Life. And in it, he asked a question, what do you love to do where you lose all sense of time? And that's when I knew I loved writing. And that's when I went in the direction of writing. And that just led to speaking and that led to my website and that led to me publishing books and then, and then helping people, helping authors with their books and um, it just opened up doors. But I, I didn't see the whole staircase when I started. I only saw one step. And that's a key point Michelle brought up at the beginning and now here right now. She took the step, but you know, you, you never really see the whole staircase. You figure things out as you go and money does matter. Like money, uh, you know, it gives you like, you have expenses to pay. You have, I mean, Michelle was in the case of like single mom with three kids. Like it's not, I feel like a lot of people who are in the position, like they want to ditch their job. A lot of people make that choice or that decision or that thinking process when they already have a family. And that makes it where, you know, you definitely want to like cut down on some expenses wherever you can just to make things a little easier. But it's not like it's just you who you are impacting with your decision in most cases, as was Michelle's case. Now, I know, Michelle, you also mentioned you had, had like a whole bunch of streams of income. You mentioned the local community college and for writing. I do want to emphasize the for writing part because that's something Michelle likes. It's not like it was draining her. But one of the things that I noticed, like some people who they have multiple streams of income, they bounce around. It's like social networks. You hear about this new one and you go to it and then you forget about all your old ones. So how are you able to do the multiple streams of income, but really manage them and see those streams of income coming in instead of like one of them drying up or like all of them not really moving that much further ahead? That's a good point. There is a book by David Epstein um, and he, it was, it's called Range. And the subtitle is Why Generalists um, 
uh, thrive in a world full of spe specialists. And it's kind of opposite of what people think. It's like, oh, well, you have to specialize in something. But David Epstein did this research. He also wrote a book called The Sports Gene. And he like interviewed all these like very successful athletes. And he found out that people that had a sampling period did better long-term than people that didn't have a sampling period. So I call myself a sampler. And that's what I was doing when I was trying to figure things out. Like I literally probably had like 10 sales jobs um, during that time because I was like, I just would try different things and different, you know, different areas. And if I liked it, then I stuck with it. And if I didn't like it, then I moved on. Like I didn't have any problem like, no, this isn't for me, you know, but you got to try things out. Everything sounds good in theory. Everybody wants to write a book, but nobody wants to sit down and write it because it's hard. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. very hard. And then you go through the editing and the formatting and the book. Like it is, it's not easy. So everybody could say they want to do something, but until you actually do it. So with me and the multiple streams of income, I feel like part of it was just me trying things out to see what I liked. Like I can tell you, I did not like teaching business writing at the community college. Oh. I did teach public speaking, which I did like, um, even though I had a tremendous fear of public speaking for many years, and it took me about 10 years to get over my fear. But once I got over the fear, I became a teacher of it, and I did enjoy that. Um, so I was just testing different things. And, and the other thing I did with my online business uh, in 2005 when I started it, and um, I did have a lot of streams of income. I had coaching income. I had um, you know income from my books. I had online courses I was teaching. So I had a lot of streams of income. And when I hired my business coach in September, 2014, he looked at my website and he goes, Michelle, what are you doing? You got like 10 different things here. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, well, I like this and I like this and I like this. He's like, no, I want you to pick one thing that you really like out of all these online courses, all these coaching thing, you know, and um, so I think what you, you know, your point was Mark, like, you, you know, you can't really, um, be like, like achieve mastery and really be highly successful. If you have too many things draining your energy, like too many, mm. that's why I like to have some things on automatic pilot, some passive income streams. But anyways, my coach made me pick out one thing and I had a lot of, a lot of different courses and I said, well, you know, this best-selling author thing, I've published a few books now and I know how to get them to the bestsellers list. She's like, what, what, you know how to do what, you know? And I was like, uh, yeah, it's like not that big a deal. And he's like, uh, yes, it is a big deal. So he helped me. He made me get rid of everything that was on my website. He said, take it all down, all your online courses, all your pro, take it all down. And I want you to focus on this Amazon best-selling author program. So I did have to take a leap of faith. I took everything I had that I was selling and I took it down. I worked with him and in three months. I like tripled my income from wow. working with this business coach. And so he was the reason I was able to focus more on this one thing. But I do think for, for some people starting out, it is good to have the sampling period try doing online courses, try doing coaching. Maybe you'll go like, I don't like coaching. I don't like writing. I don't like speak, like go out and do some speaking engagements, whatever. Just see what you, you really gravitate towards. I'm sure Mark, that's probably how you found you like writing books, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you do have a whole bunch of streams of income and there are still streams of income that come in that I don't really pay attention to anymore. It's just like income that comes my way. Like I don't really focus on those platforms anymore, but uh, there's some things like the books. In. Yeah. I mean, you just got to pick which ones are working the best for you. Michelle mentions how 
she literally cut down everything else and just went all in on the uh, best-selling author. But you figure out that point by branching out, by having these streams of income. And yes. uh, when, it, when something's like fading, like even if it gives you like $50 a month and like you do absolutely nothing for it anymore, I mean, that's still free money. Yeah. And then and you're just making more money focusing on the thing that you're fully concentrated on. And a lot of times when you're successful at something, people always come to you and go, help me with that. That's really how the best-selling author thing, people saw me getting my books to the bestsellers list and launching books and they wanted my help. And so at first I was, te I just was selling $197 online course for it. And uh, my coach was like, shut that down right now. You're not doing that anymore. And then I turned it into a done for you program. And now I have like three different packages and I've even done books. I've gotten them to number one on wall street journal bestseller. I've done USA today bestseller. Um, so I've kind of diving into that area, which is new. So, you know, when you achieve, when you go in the direction of something you really love, I feel like, you know, you keep evolving to the next level. And that's what's kind of happened with the bestselling because I am very passionate about books, about writing and authors. Not that I wasn't passionate about all these other things I was doing, but that was like my main thing, um, you know, and, and the quit your job and follow your dreams. The reason I'm passionate about that is because I was in such pain being in a job that I hated, but I felt like I was in prison and, I, and it's a really bad feeling. And so I want to help people with that. I mean... All that right there. You can see that Michelle really loves a lot of different things, but she focused on the books. And at, there's one point where you do have to focus on one thing and go all in on it. Now, uh, it's interesting you mentioned how you, you didn't quit your job in a sense. The job pretty much said we're restructuring and that was a nice way of saying, uh, you know, you're done. So that's one of the things I say on the show sometimes is ditch the job before the job ditches you. <laughs> the job ditched me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it can happen. Like, again, like, it's not something you could anticipate. Sometimes you can, but most of the time you can't and you just got to be ready for that. That's why even if you feel, you feel safe and secure right now, you should be thinking about other streams of income. Now, I do bring that up because Michelle is a single mom at this point, three kids. How did you make ends meet during that time? During uh, the two years before what? I found the six-figure sales job? Yeah, like yeah, that was that, the, that was the very hard time, honestly. Yeah. Those two years is when I kept almost going back to the legal field. I was I was like literally like I'm getting cut off notices for my BGE electric bill. Can't, you know, my parents had to help me out. Like I really was was struggling. And also I had an ex-husband that wasn't paying child support um for, you know, uh, quite a few years. So it was just my income solely for three kids. And I, I guess I just, um, I just kept getting creative. I'm not kidding. My kids were like, they were very young. I was out in the middle of the night, not the middle of the night, but late at night delivering pizza kits for a nonprofit organization to make extra cash. I did in-home sales for party late for Christmas around the world. I did a nannying job. I did um, the teaching, the speaking. I was teaching at Unity Church. Um, I did some classes there, the artist way. Like anything I could do to pay the bills and not have to go back to that job. It, I, it would have been much better if I would have already had the six-figure sales job or I would have had a year's salary in the bank. Um, that, that would have helped a lot, but that's the way things happen for me is I didn't have all that. And there's also a book. Have you ever heard of the book called the end of jobs? I have, but I have not read it. 
Yeah, it's pretty interesting. And he basically said, I mean, everybody should be worried about their jobs because he, the guy says like in 10 years, there won't be any jobs. I mean, that's not like 100% true, but a lot of the traditional jobs that like my parents and my grandparents had, those are going away and they're being replaced. Like I'll give you an example. My dad is 84 years old. He still works full time as a water meter reader. This is his second career and he's been doing it for 20 something years. And my dad goes, oh, I'm never retiring. You retire and you die. But guess what? In three years, they already told him, you're going to have to retire because we're doing electronic water meter reading and we don't need you anymore in three years. Now he'll be 87. He probably should, you know, stop working. <laughs> but, but a lot of jobs, like people aren't going to have a choice. They're going to have to reinvent themselves. And so it's better to do it when you have a job and, and have something on the side and try, you know, or test different things. Um, there was a great website called Vocation Vacations. It's now called Pivot Planet. Um, and I have it in my book, Quit Your Job and Follow Your Dreams, but it's, it's called Pivot Planet. And the cool thing about this website is if you wanna test drive your job, say you wanna be a chocolatier, you wanna be a horse trainer, you wanna be a life coach, you wanna be an author, whatever, you can actually go and have uh, in the vacation vacations you could go have a vacation and test out your dream job with the person that owns that business or the alternative was that you could ha um, be have consulting with that person so you could ask them questions what's the upside what's the downside what's the pros the cons how much money do you make you know and you could really get an education from people that are doing what you think you want to do so that's a good resource for people too, is um, to to test things out and not to like go all in from the start. And we will be throwing that link in the show notes for anyone who is interested in exploring that resource. You could also get Michelle's book, which will be in the show notes. And you know, that link is in there as well. Uh, I do want to go a little further into that tough time. Uh, I don't feel like we've explored this all the time in previous episodes. We talk more about, you know, the transformation and how people made their money and got out. I mean, you're at a point where you're borrowing money and at the same time though, you're grinding. It's not like you're taking the money and then just like, I, accepting, I, had, like, three or four job, I had three or four jobs with my kids and my ex-husband goes, you're a job. He called me a job whore. And he goes, you have more jobs than anybody I know. And I'm thinking, yeah, well, you don't have any. So, uh, yeah, somebody has to have a job here. But, yeah, I was not afraid of hustling and hard work. And I, I'm not going to lie. It was scary. I would read the um, classified ads in the Washington Post, and I would keep looking at the legal jobs going, maybe I should just go back, you know. But I, di I just didn't want to. And so I would take – I would deliver pizza kits. I would do whatever I had to do to pay the bills not to go back to that job. I mean, I mean, it is definitely an incredible hustle and could things have been a little easier during this two year time frame? If you did go back to legal, yes. Would your life be the way it is now? No, nope. because I mean, again, like Michelle knew it was a draining job. She looked for other opportunities and she was really committed to herself. And I'm wondering like during those moments when like, you're like, oh, maybe I should get the legal job. Like what? made you not do that? Was it just that you knew it was draining or was there something else to it that made you say, I have to stay the course, something good's going to happen to me, I keep hustling? Yeah, like I don't want to get emotional about it, but like because the, my kids didn't have a dad that was around and involved and, you know, with them, I felt 
like I just couldn't leave my kids, you know what I mean? And go back because I was gone, you know, I was commuting into DC and I was gone, you know, 10, 11 hours a day away from my kids and they didn't have another parent. So it was me alone. Mm -hmm. And so I felt, I felt very emotional and conflicted. Like I didn't want to leave my kids. And I think that is what motivated me a lot was I will do whatever I have to do not to have that traditional nine to five job. So I don't have to leave my children and I could be with them. Yeah, that that was it. That's awesome. And I mean, again, I want to make this clear, like Michelle has a really strong why here. We don't want to get emotional. We'll pivot. So that's, that doesn't happen. But I mean, she has a really strong why there. And if you can have a strong why with what you're doing, then it's going to be easier for you to ditch your job and to do the hustle that leads you to where you want to go. And now Michelle is really successful right now. She helps people become best-selling authors. And I mean, with her approach, like she doesn't need like thousands of customers lining up. She just needs a few. And I think if you do offer some type of done-for-you service, uh, it is possible to get a few people, a few high paying clients who then, you know, you could really go all in on those clients instead of feeling like scattered, uh, trying to help all these different people. Yeah, I think that was the, the, the big transformation for my business was I had a lot of low paying online courses, which is cool to have passive income, but that was really the only income. I had that and a little bit of coaching income and it was sort of enough to pay the bills, but it wasn't anything extra. And when, so, so I didn't start making six figures online. I was making six figures um, in the sales job that I had. And, and believe it or not, I went from law to hot tubs. That's what I was selling hot tubs. And I was making six figures working 20 hours. and I loved it. I loved hot tubs. And I was like, Oh yeah. You know, and I had, I, I just like the company, made the appointments. They had a telemarketing department. I just showed up for the appointments and I had a two and a half hour call. I sold a high ticket, um, you know, product and I made two to $5,000 in a two and a half hour window. And so that really spoiled me. And, but I learned how to sell. I learned how to develop relationships quickly. And I learned like when I, when I had my online business, like all that lower price stuff is all right for passive income. But you know, like I probably, close to like a quarter million dollars last year. And that came from having the high ticket programs and going all in on the clients Mm -hmm. Um, rather than teaching them what to do. It is a done for you program. So we have the done for you bestseller program with Amazon. And then I have the wall street journal USA today, bestseller program too, which is, you know, um, a higher end version of, of the regular bestseller program. And with these like, high-end done-for-you services. I mean, one of the things, like, if you are someone who, like, creates these lower-end products, like, that kind of becomes your audience, and you kind of get this mentality that, you know, like, how is someone going to be able to buy something higher-priced? And then you have the um, the imposter syndrome where people always underprice themselves in the beginning, so. Oh, I did that, Mark. My, my coach <laughs> said to me, Michelle, you're going to charge $5,000 for your new program. Now I'm selling a $197 course. And I go, I go, you're out of your mind. Nobody's going to pay that much money for what? And he's like, no, you're going to package like the whole thing together. You're going to offer, you know, like the whole thing from start to finish and, and uh, guarantee number one bestseller. And I was like, I didn't really believe him. So you know what I did the first month he goes, all right, he goes, he told me to sell it at 5,000 and I had calls. We had an automated webinar, um, Facebook ads. 
strategy session. That's all we had. And I started doing those. And the first month I signed up four people. And instead of listening to him and selling for 5,000, I did 3,000 because I didn't believe that people would pay it. And guess what? Right away, four people signed up and I called my coach up or we were on a coaching call and he goes, Michelle, you just left $8,000 on the table because they should have been paying 5,000 each, but you didn't believe it. And you only sold it for three and you left 2,000 per client. The next month I did 4,000 and he said the same thing. You just left thousand dollars for each client on the table you should have sold those for five thousand and the next month i sold them for five and then i even over the years you know worked on the packages and the price points and um and you know and now they're even higher than than those price points because of what's involved and what the result is for the client but i didn't believe it at first that people would pay that because i was used to the low ticket stuff I mean, I'm happy you started at 3000 because you see these 2000 training courses and you think I got to have like all my services match up with this. But, um, yeah, I mean, it is interesting how you raise your price up. And I feel like if you are going after someone who is like $3,000, then like, like if someone's willing to spend $3,000, it is like 4,000 or 5,000 really a big leap when it comes to like a business context, when it comes to like guaranteed bestseller, something that can make you thousands of dollars for speaking fees and all these different things. So it is fascinating how you raise your price and you do reach a point where your value is good, your value is getting better and you know, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, you're still able to see all the sales and clients come in. Yeah, my coach, I mean, he didn't quite agree with my done for you um, thing at first. He was like, no, Michelle, you're just gonna coach people to do this. I go, no, you don't understand. I already sold an online course and the reason they said they would pay for the done for you because they said it was too complicated was too tech technical for them and they they didn't want to learn it they just wanted me to do it for them i said so i'm not going to sell an online course i'm not going to teach it to people um and i said i'm just going to have the done for you vip service so we you know i did that and he kept saying add on the diy add on the online course and i never i never did that because i really believe in this space people want the done for you especially successful high level people, like I'm dealing with some six and seven figure business owners. Even I have one client who's an eight figure business owner. They don't want to learn this. They're like, here's my book, do it. Get it on Wall Street, get it on USA Today, get it on top of the Amazon bestsellers list. We've even got clients number one on Barnes and Nobles too. So there's like a lot of different platforms. Michelle, that, those are some really awesome numbers and really awesome clients you're able to have. And remember, everyone at this job, we did hear about Michelle's backstory. It's not like she went right into this. It's she took one step. She didn't know where she was going on the staircase. And then action after action led her to where she is now. And we will have that link in the show notes again to Michelle's book, Quit Your Job and Follow Your Dreams. You have a new book, my understanding is around passion and finding your passion. So We'll throw that in the show notes as well. Is there anything else you want us to include there for people who want to follow you on your journey? Um, well, my original website actually, Mark, that I started in 2005 was becomeasixfigurewoman.com. So that is really where I got my start online. And I had no idea what I was doing. I just knew I liked teaching. And like you said, in the very beginning, in the introduction, it was teaching and writing. And whatever I was able to be successful at, I would turn around and teach it. 
because I think those are the best teachers. You do something like people come to you now because you've written over 20 books. And so they're like, Mark, help us. You have a successful podcast or two podcasts now, or, you know, you're doing all kinds of amazing things at such a young age. I don't regret like my 17 years in the legal field. I have great legal writing skills, legal research skills. I know how to win court cases, which means I, I think of that like in terms of books, like how do we win the audience? How do we win? How do we set this up to attract people? How, you know, so I just have the same, that kind of mindset. So I don't think it's a waste anything. Like even if you decide you're, you're changing careers, you're not wasting all the time. You, you're probably going to use that skill set from those previous jobs into your, your new venture. Um, but anyways, Become a Six Figure Woman was my, my very first website. I'm actually updating it right now. Um, bestsellingauthorprogram.com is where you can uh, find me for my bestseller stuff. And I'll be releasing more books, including How to Find Your Passion, 23 Questions That Can Change Your Entire Life, coming this month. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for all those resources and all the great insights throughout our time together. It was such a pleasure to have you on Ditch the Job. All right. Thank you, Mark. Take care.